Well, amen, amen. Worship uh, is so awesome, so refreshing, so filling, and I trust you're getting better at uh, just entering in in your home and uh, just uh, witnessing the power of His Holy Spirit coming wherever we uh, worship Him. It says He inhabits the praises of uh, His people. And so I trust that that is taking place. I know we're experiencing it uh, very sweetly in our home. And uh, so that's an awesome thing. So thank you, worship team. And uh, as we move forward, I just want to say good morning to everyone, and uh, I trust everybody's still surviving through all of the, uh, just the lockdown and the changes that we're experiencing and uh, so forth. Uh, seems to me that a lot of people are doing a lot more cooking now at home and uh, just a lot of new things that are actually turning out very well, and, uh, and so that's good, and we trust that you're doing well also. And again, let's continue to pray for uh, a cure, a healing, and a release uh, over uh, our nation uh, and really the world of this uh, particular uh, virus. And so let's get started this morning. I am excited that in two weeks uh, from today, we will be celebrating one of the most important events in history. And I know a lot of our minds would maybe go to, uh, first would go to the birth of Jesus, which is an amazing event in history. And, and, uh, and then maybe secondarily in what we see advertised would be Easter or the resurrection. And, and that certainly is amazing. But what we have coming now is called Pentecost, or in the Old Testament it would be the, uh, the, the Feast of Weeks. And uh, it's... Uh, it's an exciting and I think maybe one of the greatest events in all of history. And we're going to talk about that just briefly this morning. And I just ask you to lean into this because I believe it applies to every person, every believer. Uh, and uh, that it will literally and should and would change the trajectory of your life instead of just uh, uh, going to church and saying you succeeded at that when you <laughs> uh, go to heaven, uh, but you'll literally be a part of uh, making history. And as uh, I've been saying lately, you know, the Bible is completely written, but it's not fulfilled yet. You're a part of that fulfillment. And so uh, here's how uh, we make sure that we are, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about Pentecost. And so uh, let me read some scriptures um, to us uh, so that we can kind of have our foundation for what I'm going to say. Uh, and, and I guess it starts with, you know, Pentecost is it's not a denomination, uh, but it is an experience that every uh, born-again believer should experience and can experience. So let's just listen to uh, a few scriptures here this morning and just ask the Holy Spirit to really quicken us uh, uh, about what He's trying to communicate to each and every one of us. Let's start with Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, which was written approximately 26 or 2700 years ago. Uh, it was, uh, Joel was a prophet in the Old Testament, and it's Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, and it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. 
And then keep in mind, this was 2,600 years ago, and we're going to see now as we move forward to approximately 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says this here, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of, uh, from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with, uh, with another or other tongues as the Spirit gave them um, utterance, excuse me, Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, further down. But this is what was spoken, now he's referencing the two uh, verses we just read, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And then dropping down to verses 37 to verse 39, it says, And now when they heard this, they were all cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So something real was happening here that was impacting them. They not only heard it, but they were feeling it inside. And so they just came to this point, what shall we do? And then uh, Peter responds to that in verse 38. And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. So that's salvation. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off or down the road, as many as the Lord our God will call. What a powerful clarity of what was to happen uh, uh, after the resurrection. Jesus said he'd pour out his spirit, and this is what we're referencing here today. And so we see uh, salvation. We see water baptism in Scripture as a foundation, but then we also see what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us uh, understanding today. Father, I thank you today that there is a power <laughs> that you sent down not only to be around us or with us, but literally to be in us. And I pray today, Father, that every one of us would get divine revelation or divine insight or illumination into even the scriptures we just read, that we might not just know the word, God, in our heads, we might not just know the stories, but Father, you want us to step in and experience these things. And so, God, I pray today, let the Holy Spirit move in every one of our hearts and homes today, in Jesus' name. Amen. A man named Jerry Vines, who is a, uh, the former president of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, made this statement. He said, it is said that the average Christian and the average church are somewhere bogged down between Calvary and Pentecost. They have been to Calvary for the pardon, but they have not been to Pentecost for the power. And I thought, boy, how true is that, you know? Uh, Paul addressed that in 1 Thessalonians 1.5 when he spoke to the church there in Thessalonica, and he said, for our gospel 
did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. And you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And so we see this whole concept of the promise of Pentecost coming and to do, and it had to do with the power of God coming in us. Now listen to this church. It's Bethlehem means and meant God was with us. Remember that, Emmanuel, God with us. Bethlehem means God with us. Calvary means God, God for us. In other words, he loved you so much that he's for you. He's never against you. He's always for you. But Calvary means God was for us. But Pentecost means God is in us. God is in us. So Bethlehem, God's with us, Emmanuel. Calvary, God's for us. He loves us with an everlasting love, and that will never change. And the last part, though, and this is the part that we want to address today, is Pentecost means that now God is in us. And I I think that's just an exciting thing, and maybe the understanding of these things will help you today and help the trajectory of your life to completely change. So when we read through the book of Acts, and this is what I would challenge you to do, especially in the next couple weeks since we're coming up to Pentecost, is that you really need to read through the book of Acts and let your focus be on the person, okay, and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. The person, the work, and the power of the Holy Spirit. I I believe that, you know, like uh, the, the believers in Ephesians, or in Ephesus, excuse me, when Paul was approaching them with the gospel shortly after Pentecost, remember they went and spread around the whole world and were preaching the gospel, and 3,000 saved, and 5,000, and turning cities upside down. When they got to Ephesus, here was one of the statements in Acts chapter 19 and verse 2, and, 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 and he said to them, Paul said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they uh, replied to him that they hadn't even known that there was a Holy Spirit. I, I know that uh, you know many people really are like that today. They've heard that mentioned in church. They've heard it talked about. We always say the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But we've never really taught and given emphasis on the Holy Spirit. It always seems to focus on stop at Jesus. And, and as much as we know He is, <laughs> you know, he, he is it. He's the center of everything. But we must remember Out of his own words, he went to the Father so that he could send the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, of course, like Jesus, is God. You've probably heard the term Trinity or, again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're one. They're different, but they're one. It's kind of like maybe today, you know, I'm a father, but I'm also a husband, but I'm also a son. And so I'm all three of those, but yet it's just one, I'm just one person, but I carry these three characteristics or these three aspects of my being that are different. And so it's the same thing here. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those three are one. And, uh, and that's exciting. And many Christians don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit, and they've not appropriate, appropriated the power of the Holy Spirit in their own personal life. And so again, they find a comfortable place, they, uh, they read about it, but they never really experience it. And my desire is today that you will experience the power in the same way that they experienced the power in the book of Acts as we uh, just read when it was poured out upon us. Because really, you know, we call it the upper room. 
but I kind of like to call it myself the birthing room. That's where the church was birthed, in the upper room. And it was birthed when the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, and that's what they went out to proclaim. Jesus said he would build his church. Gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Uh, and, um, and, and he's going to return for that church. And so I think we would all agree, I think, that we do need to recapture the power of God in our midst. And, and, and we need to experience a mightier move of his Holy Spirit in us and then through us. And that's his desire. He put it in us, but was, it was for us to send it through us. And so I think we're all on the same page there. So as we go through just a few things, uh, I think you're going to just receive them, and it's going to be powerful. Um, I, I want all of God's church, all of his believers, to, to receive this message and to hear it and really begin the conversation with God. If you were to say to me today, no, I've not really experienced the power of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Holy Spirit uh, in the type of power that we see it happening. So let's just take a few minutes and talk about uh, what uh, Pentecost is about. You know, again, it's not a denomination. It's not even Pentecostalism. It's not a holiness church. It's, it's really, uh, it's, it, it's, it's not just a belief, but it's a promise of the Father. And I want us to see it as that way because it was His promise. And we're privileged to live maybe in one of the greatest seasons ever uh, where God is very anxious to pour out His Spirit uh, in a fresh way. And I will say this here, uh, because really even with Pentecost, when you study that out, or if you study that out, or if we have time at another point to talk about it, that it also was related to the great harvest. And so um, uh, the, at the heart of Pentecost, I believe, is the harvest. So let's just take a moment here and look at a few scriptures concerning the promise of Pentecost, the promise of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39, I want to read this again. Peter was saying, he's preaching one of the greatest sermons ever, uh, right out of the Old Testament. He says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, all whom the Lord our God will call. So I hope you're seeing in that verse there that this was not for just a season, as some would teach. Well, this, is a, this was for the early church. They really needed it. We don't. They did. And, and it was just a season that is now past. And they say, no, we don't. Uh, really, the book of Acts is simply a history book. Let me just tell you, it's so much more than that. It is the literal blueprint of the, uh, of the true and living church. And, and it's an exciting thing when we begin to realize that. Um, and it's not a special blessing for just a few. Uh, it's not a, uh, a blessing for a special age or a season, but it's literally for everybody. And so I want to stop here and pause for just a second because what, he, what we just read was it is for those that are uh, saved or born again. And so if I could just say this, maybe you're here listening this morning somehow and, and, and uh, you haven't really walked into this new relationship with God where you know, man, I know that I'm saved. I'm born again. <laughs> when I die, I'm going to be right with my Father in heaven. And, and maybe you're far from God in that respect. Well, He wants you to know, and I believe that as you listen this, even this morning about His person, the person of the Holy Spirit, He's going to start drawing you in. And the Bible just says, I need to learn to respond. He draws, I respond, 
He gives the gift of salvation to you because it's a free gift. It's nothing that you and I can earn and you can't be good enough to have it or to, to gain it. And so he loves you, as I read earlier. He's for you. He loves you. He went to the cross so that you could be born again and step into that relationship with him and eternal life, but then also you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you as we go through this, and, and again, we'd love to connect with you if you're not, uh, and and you can get a hold of us through the website, you know, hopealive.church, and uh, we'd love to connect with you. Um, so anyway, the real question is not whether a Christian has a right to the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it's whether I've claimed that right. Have I literally read it in the Word? Remember we said He didn't come in just the Word, but also in power. Have I read it in His Word and then claimed that promise and taken a hold of that promise. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, what if I saved all my money up and I put it in a bank and <laughs> told my kids, okay, when I die, this money's in the bank for you. Uh, and, uh, and, and I wrote it up in a will and the whole thing and I gave it to them. Well, then down the road I die. Uh, that money is sitting there, but how many know that you have to go claim that? As a matter of fact, you might have to get a lawyer to get it. You might have to go to some steps, to some legal steps to get this. And that's what I believe he's calling us to do when it comes to the promise of the Holy Spirit, is that we claim it and we go after it. We don't stop until we receive it. And, and I know for myself personally, I, I wrestled with it for a while because I didn't understand it and, you know, just for this reason or that. And it was a year after I was saved before I, I finally came into the understanding with the help of some friends and the Holy Spirit. And, and it was a powerful thing. And so I want to encourage you in that. Let's go after this promise. It was a promise to you. And, and the, and the promise was that he would pour out his spirit. In other words, he'd infill you with the spirit of God, which he uh, is calling the dunamis. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says to his disciples, I am going to fill you with this power that's uh, beyond natural. And so this is the power that he wants to give to you. In Acts chapter 2, and verse 4, again, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How, how many were filled? They were all filled. And it says, and they go on, and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this wasn't just for a few of them, but every one of them. And I believe that that's true for us today. And again, just reminding us that uh, Peter had promised that this was even the prophetic thing when the people didn't understand it. Because at Pentecost, everybody came to Jerusalem from all over the different places to meet there for this uh, celebration of, uh, of, of Pentecost. And so they were all there, and so he's just letting them know, hey, this promise is for everyone. I'm going to pour out my spirit and remind them that it came from Joel. So who made this promise? How do we know this is a credible promise? Was it just the apostle uh, that was trying to give us a promise of hope, or who made it? Well, let's just take a look. In verse 4, and again, we read it, but let me remind you uh, in it with a couple other verses. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my, the gift my father promised, the Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. So this is a gift from our God, from the Father. It's legit. It's real. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Luke 24 and 49. Behold, 
I send the promise, what, of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with this power from on high. Luke chapter uh, 11 and verse 13, very important. Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask Him. So you see, there has to be a point where I read this promise, but then I say, God, I I see what it says. I need understanding, but also I want to receive this, and I'm not going to give up until I get this promise. It was a promise from you. And, and, you know, when, when you think about the disciples, He said, I want you to wait in the upper room. Well, how did they know that this promise was fulfilled? It's by what they experienced. They've they gone beyond. They said, I want you to stay there till this happens. Uh, uh, Dr. R.A. Torrey says this way, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a definite and distinct experience. A Christian will know whether he has received it or not. Jesus commanded his disciples to wait in Jerusalem till, till they received the power from on high, the dunamis, the power. If this were not a definite and distinct experience, the disciples uh, would not know whether they had complied with Christ's command. So there's no way for them to know this unless something really happened. And we know the, uh, for the sake of understanding, there was a visual there that said there were tongues of fire on all of their heads. And it said they also spoke in another language, in an unknown tongue. And so we see that this promise was given by the Father and fulfilled. I want to receive now, or I want us to look now at just several accounts briefly of how this promise was fulfilled through the book of Acts. And I think that's important for us to see it because it was the birth of the church. It was how the church was meant to function. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about lately about, you know, let's go out. Let's go out into the world and share the good news with people. And part of that has to do with His power working through you to where when you speak as the oracle of God, people literally feel that, you know, they, they, they feel it inside of them. They, they begin to experience the spiritual realm or the spirit realm that they don't experience on their own or in a bar or something. There's a lot of false experiences in the world, as you, some of you may very well know. There's a lot of false experiences, but the real experience is so powerful. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm talking to the choir, so, uh, you know, in many ways, you, you know this, God saved you, and it's an exciting thing. Chapter 8 in the book of Acts tells us uh, uh, about a revival that took place in Samaria and, and the deacons were beginning to preach. And later on it says after they were saved and they were baptized, it says later the apostles laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 9 is the experience that Saul had. Remember he was knocked off of his horse or donkey and uh, had an encounter with God and he was born again at that point. And, uh, and, and then it says this, it says, and Saul, Saul got saved. It says, three days later, Ananias laid hands on him and prayed for him to be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, how, how exciting is that? It was three days later after getting saved. And if you remember the story, he was blinded. And so prophetically, he was led to Ananias. And God already spoke to Ananias and said, hey, I want you to go down and pray for this guy. And he's thinking, wait a minute, this is the guy that was killing Christians. 
I don't want to do that. But it was a prophetic dream that Ananias got. He responded to it. They connect up. He lays hands on him, and he's filled with the Spirit. And I just think that's so awesome. Acts chapter 10, the whole household of Cornelius listens to Peter preaching that message. And, 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 and while he was preaching, it says this in Acts chapter 10. Just read the story. It says, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Verse 45, on the Gentiles also was poured out what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we see it again. And and we go to uh, Acts chapter 19 where again the the apostles and the disciples are all going out. Those that were in the 120 in the upper room were now spreading out and going out to different communities and cities and areas and neighborhoods and they were sharing the gospel. And it says they got to Ephesus and Paul found some disciples in Ephesus who didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And so he inquires of them and, and, and they said, you know, we haven't even heard about this yet. We haven't heard that this had come. Now, obviously, they probably knew as believers that Joel prophesied this, but they hadn't heard of it personally. And it says this, and Paul laid hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And and, and so uh, let me ask you this question. Subsequent to you receiving the gift of salvation, have you appropriated the promise of the Holy Spirit personally. It's something that's very important. And I'll say this, you know, we we do believe the Scripture teaches that the three primary foundation stones for every believer, salvation by faith, water baptism by total immersion, completely under the water, just like Jesus did, uh, and just like the Word teaches, but then also the receiving of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the infilling, and that's an ongoing thing uh, that we, uh, we see in the Scriptures. And so uh, have, you, have you crossed that road? Have you stepped into that? Would you be in the place where you would say, you know, we haven't really even heard about that, or maybe we've heard the words, and we know there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we haven't really been taught this thing, or haven't received this yet. Well, now's the time. This is exciting, and and I'm excited for you. And so, have you experienced that infilling yet? Uh, uh, have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Have you, you received what what was called a promise to you, according to Peter? And uh, and I would just say, let's not be satisfied until we experience the whole Word. You weren't satisfied with your relationship with God until you experienced salvation. Uh, and, and you knew that he gave you a new heart. You knew that without a shadow of a doubt. There's no question about that. And, and again, it's just so, so exciting of a season that we're in now. And we're talking about this uh, in this season where in a couple of weeks we're actually going to be uh, there. They'll be celebrating. We'll be celebrating Pentecost itself. And so I, I, I want to say this. We read this verse, but in Luke it says, how do you receive this. And, and it's really like, like everything else that God offers. It's, it's a free gift. Um, your salvation was free. All you had to do was believe in your heart. 
confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and He was raised from the dead, and it says you were saved, you'd be saved. But Luke eleven thirteen says this, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, He always came up with these natural analogies so that it could really sink in. If you being an evil father know how to give good gifts to your father, to your, to your children, okay, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? So my request to you is to do this, is just to begin to ask the Father. Go back through, begin to read the book of Acts, and allow His Spirit, now that you're you know, maybe home a little bit more than normal, and, and just begin to ask Him to reveal to you through His Word uh, what this means and how, how, how do you, how do you uh, totally receive it and let it change you and transform your life. I, I don't really have time to go through all of these scriptures, but can I just give you uh, of a research that I did years ago, uh, what, was the, uh, what was the part that the Holy Spirit played in the life of Jesus? I thought that would be important because, you know, He came and, and, and did this for us and literally uh, walked on the planet as a man and lived as a man, and he was often referring to the fact that he didn't do anything without the Father, and that it was always from the Father. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, um, and uh, and so here's just a few things that we see in the scriptures. And again, I'd, I'd have to go into this more at another time, but the Bible literally says that he he was born of the Spirit. He was actually filled with the Spirit. It says that He was led by the Spirit. And I have just a bunch of scriptures with all of these. And if you want those, you can give me a call or an email and I can send them to you. It says He was led by the Spirit. It said He cast out demons by the Spirit. It says He was resurrected, and we know this, by the Spirit. Uh, and, and He gave all of His commandments to His disciples by the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was baptized and empowered in the Holy Spirit. If you remember when he came to John uh, and was uh, coming to be water baptized, we see him coming to John. He was water baptized. When he come up out of the water, the Bible says this, and, and, and maybe you know it but haven't connected to it, but it said the dove came down upon him. And, and, and we would believe that in G the, the Scripture would teach that that was the Holy Spirit, uh, a point of the Holy Spirit coming to his life. And then we know he was uh, uh, directed and governed the church now by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to just, uh, again, close this morning with maybe challenging you way up about this. The Bible says they were all filled with the Spirit and they all began to speak in tongues. And, and he said, uh, you know, the, the two elements of the Holy Spirit would be the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Some of us want to see some areas in our life changed. We want to be transformed. We wonder why we're still like we are. And he said, hey, I give you the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's what the transforming power is. And so if I could just encourage you this morning, let's press in. Let's lean in over these next couple of weeks and let's just ask God. I remember getting in that conversation with them and actually we, he and I argued about it for a while. But uh, when I finally uh, gave in to his truth and to the pulling of his Holy Spirit in my life, man, he changed me. 
He filled me, and he fills me on a continual basis now. And that brings encouragement and strength and his power inside of my life. So I want everyone to have that and experience that. So would you just uh, pray with me right now? Uh, and let's just ask God to take what we've talked about this morning. It's his word. It's a sure, solid foundation. And let's see if he won't do something amazing in each of our lives. And maybe it's to be baptized or filled in filling of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Maybe it's to maybe just receive your prayer language. Or maybe it's just uh, for you to be renewed in it and you begin to depend on it again like never before. Maybe as if you did when you first were baptized. And I know of uh, that uh, that is the case in, so, in, in some people's lives right now. So let's do that. Let's pray, and uh, I'm going to agree uh, with his word uh, for you uh, this morning. So Father, thank you for how amazing you are. Thank you that you have given us your word to uh, not only receive in word, but as you said, in power. I pray, God, you're the only one that has that. You're the only one that can release that. You're the only one that can fill us and baptize us, just like you're the only one that can save us. And so today, God, I pray that each and every one of us would come to a new level of understanding in you. And Lord, where there might be some struggles, maybe from past uh, bad experiences uh, concerning this, which we know there have been, God, I pray you just break down the walls with your revelation, your light, your love, your goodness. And Lord, let your church all be filled daily with the Holy Spirit like never before. Father, I want to walk daily in the fullness of your Holy Spirit and your strength and your dunamis power. So Lord, bless everyone that's hearing this. Begin to speak to us. Begin to open up the eyes of our understanding. And uh, I thank you for that. And I thank you for every person, Lord God, that's watching this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, anyway, if you have... Um, if you have some questions on it or, you know, uh, feel free to call us. You can just do connect at hopealive.cc and uh, we would be glad to get into a conversation with you about it confidentially and uh, also pray for you. And, and at some point when we come back together, lay hands on you and just see this uh, amazing new aspect of your walk with him uh, explode. So God bless you. Have an awesome rest of the day. Can't wait to see you again.